And welcome to another episode of the Woods Water Mizzou podcast. I'm one of your regular co-host Skeeter, and along with me tonight, as usual, are Case and Cole. How y'all doing? Good. Doing great. How do y'all? Fellas, we got to remind everybody we're coming from the Home Field Studios, entering code Variety Sports for 15% off your first purchase. Ah, man. Seven and one. Mizzou. Beat South Carolina 34 to 12. After our second possession, never felt like much of a game after that. Uh, that was about of dominating and then idling in the second half. Uh, I think it, it's the best game, still not a complete game from them, but best game from our Mizzou Tigers. Uh, initial thoughts, y'all were there. It looked looked packed. Sounded loud on TV again. So, kind of kind of give me a setting uh, for the homecoming compared to LSU, since I was at the LSU game and kind of have pretty good idea of that. It was a different type of packed for sure. You know, it was definitely. I think LSU was packed out, but it was like I don't know if everyone was like those alumni people who have been there you know come actually come back for the first time in a long time it's like a lot of like the hardcore fan base i don't know it just seemed this like there was a lot of different people there was a lot more tailgating this week it seemed like there was uh a, it was a definitely i can't explain why they're both sellouts but there felt like there were more people here yesterday than lsu even though they're both sellouts i don't know it just felt more dense did South Carolina travel as well as LSU? Not even close. Not okay. even a little bit. I, it's funny you say that. I'm glad you did. Because on the way into the LSU game, uh, I made a couple of LSU friends. A lot of nice people there. But there was a plenty of purple. I was standing there with my wife waiting to get in the gates for this one. And I looked around and said, I can't find a garnet colored thing anywhere. They right. were few and far between, for sure. My section is right next to the visitor section, which, of course, for the first, uh, well, the entire game they had almost nothing to cheer about so we didn't have an opportunity uh to hear you know what what they would have sounded like but yeah you're absolutely right about the atmosphere the i would say the breakdown of the crowd might have been the 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 lsu game was a little more rambunctious even though it was an 11 a.m kick uh i don't know if the undefeated hype going into that game was Something I don't know if the crowd just expected to roll over South Carolina, uh, you know, in the way that we did. But the fact that it was it was almost like it was of course it was two completely different games, but two completely different um circumstances, I guess. Like the it was almost like it was sixty two thousand six hundred and twenty one different thousand, you know what I mean, sets of people. Yeah. Um but no, their their crowd was um borderline non-existent i'm not trying to throw shade but no there, I mean, really were what, there wasn't that many of them there no no not at all i i do have one story about a south carolina fan it's not bad uh for the ones that were there i met they were all very kind there was this uh lady in my row she was there with uh i think her parents she's probably like in her early 20s and um i'm not trying to sound mean just exactly what you think of when you think of like stereotypical woman from the south like you know like the big kind of up hair makeup big hooped earrings and the south carolina jersey 
and she was just on everything they would do she was screaming just like ah no stop them ah why are you kicking but she was funny uh, she was very you know nothing against mizzou but at the end of the game she was just screaming fire shane beamer fire shane beamer <laughs> just, so she was there she was in my row she was definitely there but they were all super cool super kind they weren't jerks or anything like that yeah what i mean I'm kind of partial to the Southern women, but <laughs> I like Skeeter's like that's my that's my kind of gal right there. One that hits uh, dollars just the entire game, rooting for the wrong team. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, I said uh, went into a lull in the second half or went idle, but still outscored them in the second half, ten to nine on points. So it's not like we lost the second half by any means. But uh, man, that. Second possession, that catch by Luther, he just, like, every week it seems like he does something and you, you have your expectation what Luther is, and then he's he's just like what Brady's done this year, and he's raising that bar more and more each week and his toughness. I don't know. I know y'all don't get to really see the sideline close-ups a whole lot, so he was playing kind of banged up. He fell, and the way his arm, uh, his shoulder yep. – that was really bugging him, uh, really, really bugging him. And then uh, injury bugs, like it tried to bite us really bad in that game. But I think we got out seemingly okay, especially with the bye week coming up. But uh, is there anything that any one particular play that stood out to you? I mean, to me, that, that game was one off Cody Schrader and – the defense getting pressure on Spencer Rattler. Like they've not been able to sustain or they've been able to get pressure on the quarterback, but that is the most consistent they actually got to the quarterback. Like it wasn't just getting pressure and the quarterback got rid of it. Like he ate a lot of grass. Yeah, he did. And they, they missed a, they missed, in my opinion, they missed a bunch of opportunities too for, for additional sacks. There was the, I can't remember if it was Johnny Walker or Darius Robinson, but the um, you know the face mask, hands to the face, whatever you want to call it, on um, what was that second or third quarter? Yes, there was third down, Johnny Walker. Yeah, yeah um, about ripped his. What was not funny about it, I guess, but kind of ironic. It was almost the same type of penalty that Brady Cook did not get called on him. That's right, what I said too. So. I mean, he about gets his head spun off like a top and it gets called in this one, but it doesn't get called, but neither here nor there. Um, yeah, defense, I guess, would be my biggest thing. The offense continually, uh, you know, gets it done. Brady Cook, 14 and 24, 198 and a touchdown. Cody, 26 carries on a buck 59, two touchdowns. Luther, leading, <laughs> leading receiver, four receptions, 90 yards and a touchdown. 40, whatever, 42 of which came on that big um, the big touchdown play. But defense, six sacks. Again, we just talked about how there were a bunch that were kind of missed on, eight tackles for loss, and uh, five passes deflected. Um, what did you guys think about J.C. Carlisle's intercept? I mean, he His, mossed, he mossed him. Mossed him, dude. He mossed him. <laughs> that's, not a play, that's not a play a safety makes. No. You know what I mean? A safety should have just ran in there and gotten away the ball. No, he went up and mossed him. Yeah, I can't like, on the on the far that. side too. Yeah, like, he was behind. It's not like he was in front of the uh, wide receiver. No, he was it behind. Gets him. Lost because the game was pretty much like you. Skeeter said it was over by a second possession, but so that gets lost in there. But that was an absolute play. 
Yeah. And that's the kind of thing where he has to put a highlight tapes for those draft. You know, if he ever wants to make a draft, that's that's going to go on that tape. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I say injuries, like they're we're already down Chad Bailey and Chuck Hicks, like stepped in and I, I felt played a really good game. There was one really bad broken tackle that he didn't make at the line of scrimmage on uh, a decent run for them earlier in the game, but you're going to have that you know, linebacker meeting him at the line, you're you're not going to make that tackle every time. But uh, for him to step in and step up on the play, and then Newsom had to come in because Hopper had to go to the locker room. Uh, he got nicked up on a drive there. And, you know, so here we are on our fourth linebacker on the depth chart, and he steps up and gets a huge sack on third down. So uh, you can't – you can't speak enough about the depth of this team uh, from from top to bottom, every position. Uh, I got to shout out Cameron Johnson. First game as a Mizzou Tiger without a penalty. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, we just got to get Tomlinson down for case. Uh, I don't understand how a center can flinch and not spike the ball I just, or hike the ball to me. I don't. Uh, I would think your initial movement would be snapping the ball, and then your body moves. But I got two things that upset me about this past week. I, you just mentioned the first one, Tomlinson. I hate to rag on him every week, but every week there's something, and that was his this week. Um, there might have been a couple bad snaps too. And then my second thing was the defense. I think they played well, but uh, it's a it's a coming an alarming trend with me is that if our pass rush breaks down at all. Then they have about 15 yards for that quarterback to just can just you know lightly scamper for a first down and then some. Uh, Jaden Downs did a lot of it, and my I was like, well, Jaden Downs just is a monster. That makes sense. Leary did it. Okay, that's not great. Uh, that's probably the worst of the three. And then Rattler had plenty of that this week. In fact, if I think that was all their offense was was he would let the pass uh, pass rush break down. And then he would run 15 yards. And that was the only way they moved the ball against us besides the few, you know, throws downfield. That is something I want to, like, I understand, but there's got to be a second level to catch that. You know, not everyone can just do that. So that is, that has bothered me a little bit. I will say yesterday on the way it came across on TV, it looked like we gave them blitzes just about every play. I would love to see percentages. It okay. looked like almost every pass play, we were blitzing somebody so extra. So, Drinkwitz said in the press conference they didn't blitz that much yesterday. Uh, he could say whatever. That's <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said that they were sitting in the linemen. They were they were trying not to blitz so much. No. I think a lot of it was. I think a lot of it was more stunts than anything that mm-hmm. made it kind of appear Wrong way. like That's a exactly blitz. Exactly what he said. Um, that there was, you know, maybe a lot of whatever kind of stunt you want to call it. But the thing that I I mean, we knew going into that game that South Carolina may have one of the off worst offensive lines next to maybe Arkansas um, in the conference. And so for I'm very, very happy to see us kind of capitalize on that opportunity to get in, get some sacks under our belts, you know, see some action from some guys uh, that may not have, you know, typically made a sack or a tackle for loss. Take a stab at how many guys um, – Made a tackle yesterday. How many different players made a tackle? Players. Well, I got it in front of me, but okay. Well, <laughs> you stole my thunder on that. Twenty-one case. Twenty-one different players made a tackle yesterday. That's not even 
ones that saw the field. Um, you know, Skier, you talked about Hopper having to go to the locker room and us being down Bailey and, you know, Chuck Hicks stepping up. There were a lot of opportunities for guys to get some snaps under their belt in, you know, real-time SEC play that, you know, just – it only helps us going into, you know, future matchups and looking into the future of this team. It's not just guys that are out there playing, you know, 45, 50 snaps every single game. Uh, there's a lot of guys rotating in and out, getting real game experience that not only I think helps them in their own progression as players, but that also I feel personally that helps retain these guys on your roster. You know, you're not, these guys aren't waiting until they're juniors to see the field. So, yeah, I agree. And that's a good point. You say retain these guys because I think that was a big knock on this staff when they first came in. You know, I always heard a lot of people like, you only want to play the old guys, the new guys aren't getting any experience, aren't developing, and they're going to leave. Um, it's a fair criticism, but it's not a correct criticism anymore. You're right. We're seeing all kinds of guys. We're, I mean, the, the true freshman, um, what I'm trying to say here, the, oh my God, words. We're getting a lot of production. We're getting a lot of production from true freshmen. And that one is great for the team too, their development, you know, and they're not going to want to leave like, no, I'm playing here, you know, exactly. Yeah, that's been uh, huge. In addition to that is the fall off lessons from guys leaving after this year, it's not, it's not such a big learning curve going into next year because these guys are getting that playing time. But uh, I just <laughs> Chuck Hicks sack. Tristan Newsom got half a sack. Uh, Tyrone Hopper sack. So there's three linebackers with sacks. So that's just going back to the to the blitzing there. I know <laughs> it was like it and. I know we get into this defense now to where we drop like Johnny Walker back in coverage sometimes. I didn't really notice that yesterday. So in their eyes, that may not be blitzing if they bring a backer on pass rush and drop the defensive end. But, uh, you know, the biggest, probably the biggest tackle to me yesterday, Marquise Johnson on that punt. Yeah, that was yes. it, wasn't it? Like that, the momentum was, you know, kind of going towards South Carolina. And that just flipped the switch. And after that, that's when we got our points back in the second half and just seemed like, okay, we're awake now. You know, mm -hmm. like <laughs> that's can't. that's who you want at that gunner position is a yeah. fast, freaky fast freshman that is just I mean, running down there like his hair is on fire and ready to make a play. And all he's looking for is making sure that A, you know, he's actually gonna catch the ball, doesn't get there before because Marquise Johnson is the type of guy that would get there before, you know, the the uh, punt returner goes to even catch the ball. And two, make sure, of course, that he didn't uh, wave his hand like what happened in Iowa or allegedly what happened allegedly. in Iowa. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that you're absolutely right, Skeeter. That play was huge, and he was revved up after he made that tackle. Yeah. I mean, it's just – it's great to see those guys, you know, like he's he's had huge plays on offense. But to see them making an impact on special teams too, uh, you, you got to love it. And uh, some of the side notes that uh, kind of caught my attention, and Drink talked about this in his presser, so it's obviously true with what ESPN said, that I guess Nathaniel Pete is knocked down on the depth chart of the running back list. Jamal Roberts was supposed to get number two carries yesterday. Just Cody Schrader wasn't letting anybody else uh, – getting playing time. So uh, either Jamal Roberts is really stepping up uh, in practice and doing 
the small things right that you know that was one thing that coach talked about why they weren't getting to play uh and so it's either that or just pete's not shown got the production that they wanted from him uh when he when he has got the ball but you know it's is that a big thing or is that is that anything y'all are, are paying attention to? I think it definitely can be because I don't think it's one of the other things. It's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I think it's good that a you know young player like Roberts is stepping up and is working with the depth chart. It can also be that you know P isn't showing them what they need. Both those can be true, but um, and I feel for Pete, but it it could be a net positive in the fact that a younger player is stepping up and like you said, Schrader. This is Schrader's last year of eligibility, correct? He has no more. Yeah. yeah. Well he's been an absolute workhorse for us. And that's going to be a big role to fill. Like Lovett was a big role to fill this year. And, you know, Burton did is better, but um, it's, I think, I think it is a good thing that a freshman or yeah, sorry, young player is moving up the depth chart that can only bode well in the future for us. I would agree. I don't know if there's a whole lot to read into it. You know, Nate Pete's gotten his fair, maybe not fair share of snaps, but he's gotten, you know, he's definitely seen the field and, Almost every game. I think this might be the only game that he hasn't so far. Now they've actually but, they started going down pretty recently. I checked this yeah. last night. They really nosedived. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that's just Cody stepping up, which does surprise me a little bit. I mean, don't get me wrong. Cody's playing great. Like, I think he's he's leading the SEC again, right? Yeah, because I think Kentucky by he's week, Kentucky's by week. Yeah. But, um, you know, Cody's back on top. So, you know, maybe it's a dance with who brought you kind of deal. Uh, if Cody's gotten us this far so far, it seems like this whole team and this whole culture, there's not a whole lot of me, you know, me, 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 play me, coach. Um, they really have embraced the the team mentality. And, you know, if that means that Cody gets most of the touches and we're we're still winning ball games, I would imagine that Nate Pete is kind of a guy like that that's going to, you know, sacrifice some of his carries for the betterment of the team. Well, I would have to go back and rewatch it, but that tackle of Marquise Johnson made on the punt return, I think Pete was the next guy right behind him. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was number eight, and I don't think Hopper is on punt coverage. <laughs> yeah. And he was just as excited as Johnson on uh, for him making that big tackle. So uh, that just reiterates that point that you're talking about there, Cole, to where we're seeing if this is – a team that's bought in, like uh, it's not preseason talk. Like we're seeing results. Uh, we've got the meat of our schedule really ahead of us. We're going to find out a lot after the bye week, uh, but that's something we'll get into later. Uh, like next week's episode, not, not this week's, but you know what I love about it? Defenses, they can't just hone in. Okay, shut down Luther. That's going to open up Cooper. That's going to open up Weiss. Or Cody's going to take off running. Okay, shut down Cody. Well, now you're leaving Luther and Weiss and the receivers to run around. Or if you say, hey, we're not going to let Brady sit back there. Okay, well, then he takes off with his legs, and he's he's getting healthy in his leg, and you see his confidence in his running ability and his speed coming back. Like, it's not a one-dimensional offense by any means uh and i don't have the stats pulled up in front of me but luther's 
probably still number two in SEC receiving. I didn't look to see. I think uh, he is. I think he's either number two or number three. Okay. Um, if you give me just a second, I can look it up while we're but while we're sitting here talking about it. Brady's probably still top three, four quarterback yardage. Uh, Cody's top or close to the top on running. Like he's top you know, in yardage right now. Yeah, it's it's insane to think, and I don't think we can praise enough for Drinkwitz doing the like. Yes, he had to go get an OC. But I think he got an OC that fits what he wants and really does this, you know, utilizes the talent to the best of their ability. And so Kirby Moore, like, I know they hand out coordinator awards at the end of the year. I think it's time he starts getting his name mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So sure. Um, receiving leaders, neighbors is at the top. Uh, Burden is number two. Schrader is your leading rusher. And then Brady Cook is your number two passer behind Jaden Daniels. So yeah. the the rest of the quarterbacks that shake out the top five are um, Beck, Rattler, and Mertz. Which Mertz and Rattler surprise me. Beck doesn't just because it's it's Georgia. But well, Rattler <laughs> threw for some yards yesterday. His stat line, besides the interception, didn't look terrible. No, that I mean they locked him down on you know as far as rushing defense, but. Again, one of the the weaker points of this defense has been, you know, our pass. I guess our pass defense, but they're still they're still finding ways to get it done, which I mean, to me is a better a measuring stick of a team that you know can can ultimately just find find a way to win. It sounds so cliche and so they, you know coach talk, but they didn't give a touchdown up yesterday. Like you can't you can't oh. be upset at all about like that. Like the exactly. didn't give up a touchdown. Like you're exactly. gonna win your games if you don't give up a touchdown. Yeah. What I mean, you know, you just you think about it and I mean I I thought going into halftime, uh oh, here we go again. Like I I thought last year homecoming Vanderbilt. You know, we jumped out to that 17 nothing lead, and I was like, oh, please don't do this again at homecoming. And there for a second, it was like, uh, it might, <laughs> you know, that might make a game of this. But then, you know, we woke up again. But it's, it's just unreal, the play. Like, I had high hopes, probably unrealistic high hopes going into the season. But even Homer me, like, I couldn't, I couldn't envision – the players making the leaps that they have this year. And I don't think enough could be said for the coaching staff and the players. Like they put in the work that don't just happen. You know, Brady cook. It's not just a healed shoulder that he got in the off season. He put in work, Luther burden, what he's the progress he's made at receiver, Cody Schrader, the progress he's made at running back, Connor Tomlinson, other than two or three, <laughs> Two or three plays a game, like you don't really notice your center. Yeah, no, you know? I, I, I totally get what you're saying. How many times last year did he absolutely cost us games? Like that's where teams would apply the pressure between him and Mitchell Walters, and Brady didn't have two seconds back there to get rid of the ball. So across the board, you know, these guys have have stepped up. They've take 
they took ownership of their suck that they had last year or the their parts of their game that was weak and they really focused on it and got better at it and they're it seems like they're paying so much better attention to the small details right now and i'm, I'm trying to keep myself from being too optimistic going into the rest of the season well I think a big part of that and why you can be optimistic, though, is this team is officially like all bought in. And we may have known that for a while, but they weren't bought in, I think, the last three years of Trinkwitz here. I think this he's finally got the right guys in the right places and the right guys out of the places to make this team all row the same direction. And, I mean, we're seeing that dividends in the field. That's why guys get so better. That's why they work so hard to get better. They all believe in this team. They believe in the system. And, I mean, you know, you can say what you want. It, it may have take, taken longer than it should have to get this going where it is. You know, we all it's something you kind of see in year two. But we're finally here. And, I mean, the train's on the tracks. And I, I think that is just what makes everything run so well right now. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's better late than never. You know? Exactly. Like, yeah, obviously never never late is better. But better late than never. I'll, uh, I'll take this for sure. Uh, drink his finally secured his first season above 500 since we're sitting at seven and one right now that's uh some of course we wish we had you know maybe a year or two ago but look at it may sound like we're talking smack maybe i should save this for arkansas week but a team like arkansas that in year two wins what eight or nine games and now they just fired their offensive coordinator paid him three million dollars to Turning his facility key. So um, it's insane. Absolutely insane. I hope Desiree Reed never lets a coordinator contract get to like that, unless we've got a couple natties under our belt. Yeah. Um, speaking of coaches, I want to get you guys' thoughts on this. Um, Beamer. What? what you know dude. What on him? His I mean, little, little brother. Uh, you know, living in daddy's shadow. He's, he's never, uh, man, I just don't, I don't know that he's cut just, he's got the head coaching job off his father's name. Uh, I don't know that he has what it takes. Maybe jumping straight to the SEC for head coaching probably wasn't right for him. Uh, but you know, it's, He's somebody, for all the crazy stuff Drink says, like he can usually back it up or it's the media taking it bad and, you know, whatever. Beamer, you know, like just him talking about the facility updates and the interview room, like, dude, shut up. Like if you don't want the band <laughs> playing after the game, beat them. Yeah, right. The band beat goes them. home. Score, score a touchdown. You know what I mean? Like there's no – and there were some people saying, like, oh, that was taken out of context. Like, he said that jokingly. No. No, he did not. From throwing the temper tantrum last week, breaking his foot, and then, you know, it's just, it's crazy to me. Because, in all honesty, I see a lot of similarities from, maybe not last year's Drinkwitz, but the year before. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't talking smack near to the scale that Beamer is. But you, you guys see where I'm getting at, right? Like, he was doing a lot of talking. He finally had that, like, coming to Jesus moment that, dude, shut up and win games, and all that's going to go away. And we have not, you know, we haven't had that at all, hardly this season. 
I don't feel Drinkwitz has ever added another school with his words. Like he'll right. say some he'll say some off the wall stuff, but he's never talked down about another university. The Tennessee fans took his comments about, oh, they took them wins, so or maybe I need to get my right. wife helping on the McDonald's back. Like that was not shooting down Tennessee. That was just making light of what everybody knew had happened, you know. So when well, he could have he could have said it too against Kentucky because you know, what Cole Kublik asked him at uh, going into half, he was asking him something about um, something that had occurred on the field. And Coach Jenkins was just like, you know, took the high road, you know, intense SEC atmosphere kind of deals, I believe, what he said. So, you know, the opportunities have been there, and I'm happy to see that that Coach Drinkwitz has taken the high road. Um, obviously, that we're winning. Again, winning cures all. But Beamer, man, holy smokes. Like if if I'm a South Carolina fan, I am I'm fed up with it. He's pretty let, embarrassing. Let me ask y'all, who will who has a better chance to see Ferrogan as a head coach with their current program? Sam Pittman or Shane Beamer? Sam Pittman. I'm gonna say Sam Pittman because one of the dominoes, he, them firing Enos, in my opinion, saved Pittman Scapegoat. for, yes, saved him for the rest of the season. Like they're going to ride this out into the offseason, do the whole reevaluate, transfer portal thing, shuffle, you know, coordinators around. Next thing you know, they're back in, you know, they're back in Columbia for 2024. So that's they're why sitting I there at two and five next year, he might not make it to Black Friday. Yeah, yeah. Not. I'm going to go with Skeeter on that one. So, I'm just, just guessing off what I, how I feel on this. South Carolina stuck with Muschamp for a while. And I maybe they've changed ADs. I don't know. I don't pay that much attention to South Carolina. Arkansas seems has already been a pip in the same this time we've been with uh with drink. And you pull that one nine win season out of there, it's nothing special. It's a losing season, it's a six and six season. And it's this season, which, boys, they lost to Mississippi State. Mississippi State, I was ready to say, hands down, is the worst team in this conference. I was, I was telling our buddy Joe, the Vanderbilt fan, that you guys would mm-hmm. drop a mud hole in them if you guys had to play them this year. I, I didn't bet, which is good because I was gonna put money on Arkansas. I'm like, oh, they're gonna roll. They're gonna roll. How does KJ Jefferson not? score a touchdown in that game that's the funny thing that we're talking about these two programs neither one scored a touchdown arkansas just happened to be at home at home dude okay i'm not arkansas fan you know about me but i don't i don't have a lot of sympathy for that fan base but i got a little bit because can you imagine your team goes down scores that's like the second drive of the game i think it was and then they don't do they don't cross the 50 for the rest of the game well we almost did that against kentucky remember in 29 2018 Remember we Luckily, had the that I was at a party that night and his man was not watching, so I, I was there. It was, it my was brain. ugly. It was very <laughs> ugly. But well, anyway, let, me, let me just clarify: on their field goal, Mike Wright's first pass was an interception, so Arkansas got it like the twenty. Oh, are you kidding me? And they only got a field goal, so that was not a sustained drive. Okay, uh, I, I think was, just highlights is all I really saw. Yeah, the, the reason I say my my vote is leaning toward Pittman is the Arkansas fan base is getting pretty loud. 
Yes. And when you have Drinkwitz and Arkansas boy that, you know, we're not rivals, but they dang sure like paying attention to what he's doing and he's having success at little old Missouri, little piss poor meth zoo. Yeah. High school stadium, you know, Missouri. Uh, and he's, he's building a program and, you know, this week we got a chance to get a second five-star on the recruiting trail for next year's class. Uh, that fan base is going to be clamoring pretty, pretty loud. Uh, and so your check, the AD here in Arkansas, he's, he's going to have a tough decision to make at the end of the season. Uh, the way things are trending right now, because there's a chance, uh, I think they got Florida International. Uh, is only probably gonna win? Yeah. Out outside of that. Yeah. I don't really know. The other reason still four games, three yeah. games. There's still three games. That's hard yeah. to do. Mississippi. State the other reason one. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. The only other reason I say Pittman will have a chance to see is not only because Enos just got fired, but it's going to be two years, I guess, until Shane has the opportunity to come back to Columbia and Pittman. Well, do we even play? We're Here's where we're the 24. They're on the play. schedule, but we don't know home or away yet. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that factors into it then, too. Yeah, we don't. Interesting. Forward, we don't know if the schedule's going to be ever. Like, we just went down a rabbit hole. So sorry about that. I opened <laughs> up that can of worms. But well, let, I, w- I, wanna, I got one more thing I want to talk about about the South Carolina game. Did you guys, did you or did you not have a borderline heart attack when Luke Bauer dropped that punt and gave them the ball on, what was that, the 35, 30, 35, somewhere in there, very close to the red zone? I was like, dude, this guy just went from hero to zero to maybe not zero, but close. And I do my heart sink for, I was like, oh my gosh, dude, like Gabe Diarman just wrote this wonderful article about him. And here he is, first punt of the game, and he drops it. I'm like, dude. But he made up for it. He kicked a 64-yard nuke Wait, later in the game. I thought it was heads up by him to just lay down and cover it, not to try it to was. make a play and fumble the ball and let – He could have ran backwards with it and then yeah. tried in one we, motion kick it. He could have. We could have got a new rule written yesterday. Uh-huh. Yeah. You guys, you guys don't, don't know where that. I was uh, when that happened. I was not having a heart attack, but I was – You were getting a hot dog. No, opposite. I was pooping. I was pooping in a furrow. <laughs> wow. Sitting there. Sitting there like, wow. Oh, that's not good. Listen to Mike Kelly. Like, oh, well, that's not good. <laughs> Never have I ever. But okay, Kate. I, I do, it is nature called. <laughs> nature Holy cow. <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's update the SEC standings. You um, got it, Skeeter? You want me to do it? I, I got it right here. Okay, go ahead. Let's start in the West. Uh, I'm going to go bottom up. So, Arkansas sitting 0-5, 2-6 and overall. Auburn, 0-4. Uh, Hugh Freeze wearing out his honeymoon pretty quick there on the Plains. 3-4 uh, and four overall. Mississippi State, 1-3, and 4-3 and three overall. Texas A&M, 2-2, and 4-3 two and three overall. A lot of talk of, is Jimbo going to have a job at the end of the year or not? Uh, so, look for your fuel prices to hike up if they do. He's probably getting bought out. And then Ole Miss sitting three and one, six and one overall. I kind of low down 
would love a Mizzou Ole Miss SEC championship game and the war media war between Drinkwitz and Lane Kiffin and Twitter would be awesome. Uh, so I'm kind of low key rooting for them. LSU uh, sitting four and one, six and two overall. Alabama, uh, thank you, Tide. Saturday they beat Tennessee, so they're still perfect in conference, five and zero, oh, seven one with their one loss coming to Texas earlier in the year. And then we go to the East. Uh, Vanderbilt sitting zero and four, two and six on the year. South Carolina now one and four, two and five on the year. The uh, Kentucky Wildcats, I believe, had a bye week this week, uh, along mm-hmm. with Vanderbilt, so they're sitting two and two, uh, five and two on the year still. Tennessee, two and two, and five and two on the year. Florida, who had a bye week, uh, three and one, uh, now five and two on the year. Then Mizzou, three and one, seven and one on the year, and University of Georgia. Four and zero, seven and zero on the year. I believe they had a bye week as well. And uh, Saturday's biggest game that is going to influence us would be the game in Jacksonville, the largest cocktail party, wherever they call it, Georgia, Florida. Uh, that that'll be a big matchup for us in the standings and knowing, kind of helping get a little bit clearer where we can fall. I mean. The homer side of me, I want to win the East. Uh, I think worst case scenario, we should be no worse than third right now, just looking at the standings uh, at the end of the year. But, Case, you gave us a preseason prediction of seven and five. So, do you see any more wins on our schedule? And maybe. Okay. Uh, we'll <laughs> okay, good. See what, the, see what happens out there. Well, our Tigers have the week off, so we're not going to have a preview episode of anything this week. But uh, as far as football goes, I mean, it's 7-1 going into the bye week. No major injuries to speak of. It gives guys a chance to heal up, uh, get their bodies right. Guys have been working on, you know, soft tissue injuries and stuff. Uh, Rake Straw, uh, Luther's been dealing with stuff. Schrader with the quad. So a bunch of these guys, it's it's hitting at the right time for us. And you get two weeks to prepare for Georgia. I think that's going to be big. So uh, is there anything else as far as this week's recap you all want to talk about? Um, well, we can go. We should mention that at least a little bit is we've got a chance to do something pretty special here at the University of Mizzou football program, and that's get a second five-star recruit in the same class, um, man, there's a lot of good momentum saying that it's coming our way. I'm still going to be nervous, uh, as I'll get out on the 25th when you, when he says he's going to go to, to me, that is our game. That's our preview. That's the game this week is that that's going to be a major win for this program. If we can land him and get two fives in this class, that's, uh, that's going to, I don't wanna say program changing. Cause I feel like we're already on that trajectory with uh, like Luther and what he's doing for us. But this is going to keep these good times coming and rolling. And I, I think this is big, 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 big for the program this week. Yeah, I mean, not only for not only for the program, but there were so many people. You look back at, excuse me, the Wingo recruitment 
And then you also go back to the Williams Winery recruitment. Both were Texas and OU locks, respectively, right? Or, you know, there was a little bit of talk about um, Georgia being in the mix for both of those or Tennessee. Regardless, we, in years one, two, and three, I guess really more two and three, um, aside from Luther, there was, it seemed like there was a lot of talent that slipped through the cracks um, when Drinkwitz, you know, preached so much when he first got here about locking down the borders and retaining that in-state talent. And you're not going to land every fish that's, you know, that's in the river or water, so to speak. Um, but for those that you really, that it seems like the staff has really set their their goals to land, you know, Winery, Wingo, for them to, I don't want to jinx it, but for them to be able to do that and snatch them from two teams that, A, are not only Blue Bloods, I got no problem calling Texas and OU uh, a Blue Blood, but two Blue Bloods that are also coming into the same conference that we play in. So it's not like we really have that to sell them anymore. So whether it's a state legislator that, or, you know, legislature that passed, um, you know, Senate bill or whatever it was that allowed them to kind of capitalize on being and playing for an inside state of Missouri or what. Uh, I'm not sure what it is, but I'm damn sure glad it's happening because <laughs> I think things, that, are, I, things are looking up. I think a big thing that helps before, uh, you know, you, you think of the big in-state recruits that stayed and chose Mizzou, and there just wasn't a lot to speak of as far as getting here and developing and being that elite talent. And now, you know, you named off Brady Cook, second in SEC in passing, Missouri kid. Luther Burden, uh, second receiving in SEC, Missouri kid. Cody Schrader, leading SEC in rushing, Missouri kid. You know, they're, they're seeing Missouri kids play for Mizzou and have success, put up the numbers. That goes a huge way because, yes, these guys want to make NIL money, but the NIL money is probably just a drop in the bucket compared to what they can get in the next next level. So they want to go where they can be developed and get the results that they need on the field to where they hear their names called on draft day. And we're going to have some – there's going to be a lot of Mizzou guys going to the league here off of this team, and that's going to help a lot in recruiting. Uh, Desiree, the RAD, what she's doing with getting butts in the seats, uh, fans showing up, guys like y'all buying season tickets, packing out for row, creating that atmosphere, creating that environment to where they come on recruiting trips. It's not, you know – Drinkwitz talked about it last year to where in the past when he had when he brought recruits in is usually after football season. Uh, he didn't want to bring them in on the big games because probably didn't want to see us lose, you know, so changing that whole mentality around and, and creating that environment where you can sell Mizzou as a product. Mizzou's game day that goes so far in it, I believe. No, I think you're right. I think it's really all perfect storm. I think the legislation helps a ton. Yeah. I think showing these guys a packed out stadium every week is good because you don't, you can think all you want. That that atmosphere sells, man. That's cool. It is cool going in as a, you know, prospective student and seeing that just packed out energy, you know? And I think you're right. Mizzou's been putting guys in the league uh, for a pretty good clip. Like 
we're not the Alabamas, but for a mid-tier SEC school, which I think we're all comfortable maybe with what we've been, we do a very good job. Um, you know, you, you can go to most around the league and find some Mizzou players pretty much every position. So I thought that's always been a good uh, card in our back pocket, but you're right, man. This is this is a new era. This is a new storm, and we can do something special, and I think we are. I think we're on the way to doing that. And hey, heck, uh, oops, sorry, go ahead. No, well, I mean, I was just going to talk about how, you know, what what other potential dominoes could fall, you know, from Wingo. Um, you know, there's there's one player that I've been eyeing ever since he committed to the school, and that was Andrew Sprague, um, Rutgers kid out of Kansas City. Committed to Michigan a long, long time ago, uh, 6'8", 295. Yeah, Michigan's number two team in the country right now, but – me personally, I don't know. I guess I have kind of a vendetta against Harbaugh ever since he told Drew Locke what he told him when he was recruiting him. And so, you know, you just never these these kids talk. They're high schoolers, man. Like these kids talk to each other, and I think that has a huge impact. You know, if you want to go play with kids from your state, and you know, for for your state, some kids probably could give a shit less, but there's other kids like uh, James Madison that technically don't even go to school within the state, but are from the state uh, that are wanting to come back home. So recruiting's crazy. Transfer portal's even more crazy. But as of right now, past couple of years, they've been trending in the right direction. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, when, when you're putting the results up, winning goes a long ways across the board. I mean, it, it helps pack out furrow but you know you really started to see the change in the crowd last year uh there was over fifty thousand for the homecoming last year and i know homecoming's big for mizzou but you had a two-win mizzou team and a two-win vanderbilt team and you had over fifty thousand for it like squaring off that's <laughs> but I, in in the past years past like that probably thirty thousand maybe touched forty and to get above 50 on that, like, you just see the work that the athletic department staff is putting in as far as getting people there, and you can't give them enough credit. Uh, but, you know, the product on the field is what really matters to these recruits. And with what Coach Drink and his staff's doing, you got to love it. It's a great time to be a Tiger. It really is. Nailed it. Yep. All right. Well, is there anything else sports related? I mean, uh, I haven't told you all this, but our homework for this week is probably going to be doing some basketball prep. And next week we'll give a basketball season preview because after the bye week, we got some pretty big football games to talk about. So I don't know that we'll really have a, enough time to fit basketball in there. So we'll try to get that fit in next week for our listeners. But uh, I haven't noticed any basketball news this week other than you know they had the sec media days they went to uh nothing really stood out to me there other than coach drink saying or not coach drink but coach gates saying connor vanover's the tallest guard in the country <laughs> <laughs> and said if he don't I shoot threes it. he's pulling him out of the game heck he's yeah a good dude. shooter I, I i'm excited about that project if i'm, I'm, I'm gonna go my lights the first time connor vanover drains a tray ball <laughs> he's freaking the same height as the basket. <laughs> it's just it's a straight shot. <laughs> yeah. It's like beer pong. 
Yeah, it's like beer pong. Good. <laughs> good one, Cole. Oh, man. <laughs> well, you think about like all the excitement and hype we had for basketball. Seems like it's went on the back burner for because the results on the football field. So, right. uh, and I think it's it's not a bad like we're not downplaying our expectations for basketball and what what Coach Gates is doing there. But we're ranking the teens right now in football. This is exciting. Yeah, yeah, we're rolling, baby. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm already working on working on basketball. Hopefully, can potentially get. Maybe a wrestler or two. Um, you know, if we're going to ride the wave of winter sports. I was just fixing uh, to say wrestling's coming up, and uh, something I want to talk about on that one, but just get it in the back of y'all's mind. They changed the point scoring on wrestling this year in the off season, and a takedown is no longer worth two; it is worth three, and so that's going to change the way collegiate wrestling is approached from the wrestlers. You'll probably have some more aggressive matches, yeah. a lot less stalling. So uh, we'll get into that when we get into a wrestling episode, but uh, let's go ahead and roll into outdoors. Uh, Got to thank you, Daniel. Uh, I never did ask him how to pronounce his last name. So that's my fault on that. M- Malete or somewhere along those lines, but with growing deer TV, uh, Cole, we, we know you weren't able to make it, but we Correct. figured, you're already a deer hunting expert, so oh, it was please. Case and I that needed to talk yeah, <laughs> with really? an expert. I need to no, actually, I, I wrapped up that episode today, and you guys did a great job. I, I appreciate you listening or asking the questions that, you know, I had. He had a lot of, um, you know, I'm not going to, like, to my own horn, be like, oh, he already knew all that. But he confirmed a lot of things that that I had already heard, you know, from whether it be, like, the hunting public or... Um, you know, maybe Dr. Grant Woods, which would, of course, would make sense because he works with Dr. Woods. But, you know, if you're hearing multiple things from multiple different people, there's got to be some sort of truth behind it. And I know, Casey, you and I talked yesterday at the game about how, you know, you're you're already planning on moving one of your deer stands. You got the perfect spot in mind how you're going to move it to more of a pinch point. And there's <laughs> we could we've already been going for 50 minutes, but there's so many more things that we could uh we could talk about along that, but you guys did a great job on that episode. Well, Case, did you, Thank you. Were, were you able to take any of that and test it in the field, or no. uh, you were delegated to family duties? And not even that. I mean, I was family duties, but um, uh, one of our friends from Twitter he flew in from LA, and I picked her up from the airport, flew in the KC, and um, just kind of hung out with him the whole time, you know. I joked about taking him out hunting, but we ended up just, you know, going, having some food and watching the Chiefs game today. So, you know, but yeah, I did not get out at all this weekend, but hopefully this next weekend is with the bye week. And I've already, besides the the annual fall pumpkin patch visit, that is all I got going on where I can, I should be able to spend a lot of time in the woods this weekend. Good deal. Well, uh, so I mentioned a little bit on, uh, our growing deer.tv episode. I harvested a doe last Tuesday. I let a smaller one pass and I started kicking myself in the butt. I was like, Hey, even though they're small, like your public land, it's deer, like it's backstrap. Mm-hmm. And uh, a little bit later, I had about 
most 10 minutes of light left shooting light and i hear coming up behind me to my left and she stopped and gave me about two foot of clearance and i i thought a lot about the one that i didn't get from two weeks ago and i really came down the conclusion that i just rushed my shot like was excited first set of the year like first set and multiple deer come out and i'm like oh i'm gonna get one first set and then he turned the the thinking process of taking the shot off and where to place it and all that and so i took my time controlled my breathing aim small miss small and uh got a double lung shot she <laughs> i wish all deer were this way she literally expired about five foot off the trail that i walk in and off on and uh so all i had to do was hook through my deer drag with her take about three four steps and i'm on the trail out of the woods and then i got up yesterday morning to go back because been hearing people seeing bucks starting to run does down here and so was really anxious about going out yesterday morning so i go to go to my regular spot it's public land there's two cars and three tents and a big old camping fire going on. Roll the window down and said, hey, y'all going to be hunting back yonder or are you just camping out here? Yeah, we're hunting. I said, good luck to you. It's about a five-mile stretch between gravel roads on this spur of, of woods that I hunt. There were over 30 vehicles I counted. So I was back home pretty early. It's, it was opening a muzzle loader. Uh, mm -hmm. and the guns were out and I said, this is not the time to be walking around and scouting and trying because you never know where somebody's dropped. I saw a truck drop two people off and then the truck kept going. So just cause I, I didn't see a vehicle close by, didn't mean somebody wasn't in the woods and I dang sure ain't fixed to walk up with some of these Arkansas folk up in a tree stand, even though I'm wearing my orange and trusting them not to shoot. So I came home and. I didn't hunt the rest of the weekend. Well, we know they weren't at uh, Don W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium because, well, they probably would have had more entertainment in the woods. Anyway, that's enough Arkansas digs for this episode. Um, it's, uh, it's youth season this weekend, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah. This yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. You said we're done with that. I'm sorry. This uh, this upcoming weekend, yes, it is. Uh, it is youth season, so yeah, I get orange out, don't I? wear your orange. Mm -hmm. Um, no, I had uh, I did have success. My early season success went out uh, with a buddy Tuesday night. It's funny we were going out the year before last. Him and I doubled. Um, I shot a doe, he shot a doe on the same night, different, same property, but different, uh, stands. So we were trying to recreate that this go around. He has a young son, same age as my youngest daughter. So we we're just trying to line up, finally got an opportunity to go. And it's funny, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a dad in case you're a dad, Skeeter, you're a dad as well. There's probably dads that listen to this in my head. I'm like humming the tune of Paw Patrol in my head but i'm singing doe patrol in my head i'm going out on uh, on doe patrol all right because i was this this farm has a ton of them and the farmer's like please they're eating my beans please shoot some so i'm like yes sir you got it 
and uh, get settled in southwest wind, terrible hunting conditions. It was like 82 degrees, 81 degrees, somewhere in there. Low pressure, southwest wind, but I was in a good spot. One very similar that you and Daniel, uh, that y'all and Daniel had talked about, where deer can't really get behind me without getting in bow range. Um, and if they do get downwind of me with certain winds, then, you know, it's it's not really going to be one where it, where it affects me. Easy access in and out, multiple um, routes of access. Get settled in for the evening. Um, saw first couple deer probably around 4.30, way across into the side of the field. But then all of a sudden, two about year and a half old does come be bopping down the trail, and I mean just right to me. Well, they stop, get underneath a uh, bush honeysuckle, and start you know munching around natural browse and things like that. And at this point, I'm wondering, you know, it's starting to get darker and darker, and I'm wondering, is this even going to happen? And uh, one, they both finally kind of link back up and continue walking the trail right up underneath me and set up on the edge of a bean field, by the way. And my brother-in-law earlier in the year had given me a, uh, one of those painted arrow, um, cell phone mounts where you can magnet it to your, uh, your stabilizer. I was like, this is perfect. So I slowly slipped my phone out, got it connected, open video mode. And right as she's clearing my tree, I go ahead and hit record, draw back. She's at like eight yards. Well, by the time I'm drawing back, pin on her, I'm noticing that I got some brush in the way, like some, you know, some tree branches hanging down. So I go full on like, you know, squat as I'm drawing, just end up clearing the, uh, the locust, you know, branch put, I mean, just absolutely money spot, just absolutely smoked her. And uh, it's funny, I actually put out a, poll on twitter of uh, a screenshot of the the video that i took where my luminoc impacted a bunch of people i think that winning one was uh people would guess she ran between 40 and 60 yards she ran exactly 99 yards and piled up which was much further than i've had does run in the past but i guess it just goes to show you um even with good shot placement you know and i'm not trying to toot my own horn but after field dressing her, um, it was single lung, no heart. Um, single lung on the entry, missed the opposite lung on the exit, but absolutely obliterated the humerus. Um, like as we were skinning her out, fragments of bone were falling out onto the shop floor. So, yeah, we ended up dragging her out. We were about 600 no, you yards. You did not drag her out. Well, true. True. I didn't drag her out. We're about 600 yards from the truck. And I told my buddy, I was like, look, man, we're, we're not going to drag this through these beans and, you know, mess up this rope. I'm not doing that. A year and a half old doe, I was like, I'll just put her on my back and carry her out. And so I did. And uh, talk about dead weight, man. I, I cannot imagine doing that with a big old gnarly buck because that little old doe, she was still heavy and maybe i'm out of shape maybe that's part of it i don't know but uh we got her back to the truck and uh it just it felt good to to finally punch tag so well i want to ask y'all i don't know if you've seen the article i didn't let it out in pre-show so uh you know state of missouri did the early rifle season uh first weekend of october there that's right 
You want to guess at the number of deer on? No, because I'm terrible at it. (laughs) No, go ahead. Nearly 17,000. Okay. The early rifles. So that's, that's really good numbers. And I think that's what the state was looking for uh, because the deer growth rate is on a higher trajectory than the number of hunters for the state of Missouri. So, uh, I know that they were trying to get those numbers trending more plateau or down a little bit. Uh, so that's a good job. And hopefully some of our listeners, uh, contributed to those numbers. But, uh, as y'all said, it's youth weekend, uh, this weekend. So don't forget to take your newborns, get out the 30, 30. And- <laughs> All right, Cleo, come on, honey. You're four months old, but we're going deer hunting. Bro, kiddo. Uh, but you know how many how many big bucks have been taken during youth season from kids that ain't no way in the world shot that gun? Zero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. That's no the correct. No issues up here. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but. If you're able, if you know a kid that might would have interest and you're able to take them, take a kid hunting because uh, there's so many life lessons and there's so much that you can benefit from getting just spend time uh, with the youth and and teach them about the outdoors. So, uh, but remember to do it safely and teach them gun safety first. Don't just go firing off into the woods and say there's enough trees back there to stop the bullet so you're safe, as I experienced a couple of years ago. <laughs> I was going to say, you know firsthand on that. Yeah, it's, it's not fun. But uh, bear season also opened up in Missouri this past week, I believe. So if you were drawn on the bear permit, good luck to you on that. I believe that's more southern Missouri for mm-hmm. the real results on that, right? Yeah. Yeah, they haven't. We're not. I think we've had like maybe one or two bear sightings in either Boone or Callaway County that have gone semi-viral. So not enough to support a sustained hunting population. I got you. All right. Was there anything else that we're missing for this week? No, man. What a time to be a tiger. Keep it rolling. Keep supporting the zoo athletics. Um, Like Skeeter said, get out. Get out and go hunting. This is the best time of the year, in my personal opinion. This is the best time of the year. Whether it's taking your family to the pumpkin patch or, you know, going out and, and moving a deer stand, just, you know, take your family with you. Go have fun. Because um, before you know it, it'll be football season will be over. Deer season will be over. So take advantage of it while it's still here. Yep. Don't say don't talk about football season being over. I don't want it to end. <laughs> we got four more games left of our this season. Gosh dang it. You had to say it again. I saw your tweet about that today. And I crazy, isn't it? So then you you add in the three after that. I mean, we still got seven games. We're good. <laughs> uh, that's right. I would be happy with the Reliquist Bowl. <laughs> I would I would legitimately be so happy about that. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, we appreciate our listeners. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe. Uh, YouTube, uh, Twitter, and Instagram are all at Mizzou Pod. And then, in case you run the Woods Water Mizzou on Facebook, so uh, 
if if you want to just reach out to us and uh case you got to meet up with the listener this week at uh tailgate so sure did she was awesome we shotgun the beer together it was a good time yeah, Thank I mean, you. that's that's great that we're getting to experience that uh outside of sunday night recording so appreciate everybody listening but y'all have a great week and as always m i z z o u go tigers y'all take care <laughs>